Oh, Friday night, make yourself a nice cold root beer float, settle in, and listen to Inside Sports. Hope you have a great weekend ahead of you. We have the Elks and BC Lions right here on 630 Ched tomorrow night, 630 for the countdown to kick off. The game will start at 8. Plenty more discussion around that game as we move along this evening. Friday night football, a minute 18 left in the first quarter. Calgary leading Ottawa 3-zip. The Stamps are 4-2. and two. Ottawa struggling. They are 1-6 and six on the season. We'll keep you updated on that game. We were following the Edmonton Stingers on Inside Sports last night. They fell way behind in the first half against the Saskatchewan Rattlers. They mounted a comeback but fall short. The Rattlers winning it 94-91. So the Stingers, who had won the last two CEBL championships, they were going for the, re- the three-peat. It will not happen. Saskatchewan goes on to the quarterfinals, and the Stingers are out. Baseball tonight, Blue Jays just getting underway there, once again visiting the Minnesota Twins. Well, the Battle of Alberta is going to stay hot for a while, isn't it? The Flames announcing shortly after Inside Sports concluded Last night, see this, the Oilers announced the, the Yamamoto thing right when the show started. The Flames don't do it till after Inside Sports. Just shows you the difference between the two organizations. Uh, I'm just trolling everybody, the, the Flames, everybody. Uh, it's a joke. Uh, Jonathan Huberto, eight-year deal, $84 million, 10.5 per season. He was exceptional last year, uh, 115 points on the season. So that's nine years now he's signed with the Flames. Still has a year left on his current contract, gets the eight-year extension, and uh, perhaps the Flames are going to extend Mackenzie Weger as well, as uh, that trade for Matthew Kachuk was a significant one and perhaps is going to work out in the Flames' favor by the time all is said and done. So that uh, was a really big note there from the National Hockey League that broke last night. Okay, here's how you can get in touch if you want to participate in the program or you have a question, comment, or concern. I know last night we talked a lot about VHS tapes, and I have a minor update on my collection, which I'll get to a little bit later on. 780-496-0063 is the good old-fashioned hotline. It is presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. Follow me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. And, of course, you can email the show, Inside Sports at 630Ched.com. I am uh, very pleased to tell you that uh, I received uh, an email today from Trevor, who now I have I have referenced Trevor on the show, I don't know, three or four times maybe in the last, uh, I don't know, six or eight weeks as a listener in Japan. It's Trevor who uh, wrote uh, an email today and he continues to listen to the show and I uh, appreciate that. And uh, he also mentioned that he had a, an injury uh, similar to what Darnell Nurse was going through in the playoffs. And Trevor said this really affected his running career. Trevor used to run, like, do these 100-plus K races, the ultra trail running. These athletes are just exceptional. Uh, about a, a five-year recovery for Trevor to be able to, to run much shorter distances again. So anyway, Trevor, thanks for sharing that. If you listen to the show, you know that uh, I am a runner, though I'm going through recovery from a very mild injury myself at the moment. Not going to do the, the uh, half marathon on August 21st. I have signed up for the 10K, which I should be able to, to plow through. And I may actually need a plow to help get me there. Kellen, are you available to drive a plow? 
Call so Mr. Need help on the twenty first. Call Mr. Plow. Line. That's my name. That That's name again right. is Mr. Plow. We'll, we'll get the. We'll get Mr. Plow from the. What was uh? What was Barney? He was Plow King. The Plow King. Yes. The Plow King and and Homer was Mr. Plow. Both excellent companies, by the way. Uh, I'm not going to pick one over the other. So anyway, five stars. Uh, good five to, stars. Good to hear from Trevor, who is will will also be known as the the listener in Japan. So we do appreciate you listening, Trevor. Hope you're doing well. I, I imagine he's listening on the podcast. So thanks a lot for that. Inside Sports at 630Ched.com. All right, Elks getting ready to rock and roll tomorrow. Head coach Chris Jones talking about the state of his team after the bye week. Well, we're uh, slightly more healthy than what we've been since camp. We've got uh, you know six or seven guys back off the six or the one that that have been nicked up, hurt, and uh, and then we've got you know we've made a couple of additions over the over the break that we feel like are hopefully uh, additions that will help our football team. I mean, again, every time we make a, a decision, whether it's personnel or a call, is everything's in order to try to win a great cup. That's uh, you know, and so we feel good about our our group. We've had a great week of practice uh the bye week was kind to us and uh we look forward to seeing where we're at all right well the elks i I was talking about it yesterday they i I do not think they are out of it i do not think it's season over despite having a two and five record and being last in the west it is shaping up that four teams are going to make the playoffs out of the west so they got to track down uh right now they got to track down saskatchewan who's four and four they still have two games remaining against the Riders, including next Saturday at Commonwealth Stadium. And that's the night we're going to see three names added to the Wall of Honor. Holloman, Jones, and Germany. And Jim Germany is going to join me after the 7 o'clock news tonight. So can you track down Saskatchewan? And can you beat Ottawa in a home-and-home home later this month? Like I said, Ottawa right now, worst record in the league. They're hanging in there against Calgary. Still a lot of the game left so can you possibly win three of your next four games could you possibly get up to five and six going into labor day and keep the heat on saskatchewan and who knows uh maybe even calgary or bc depending on what happens there winnipeg my goodness they're nine and oh after another victory last night and we'll touch on their amazing run with the legend uh bob bob irving in a few minutes here on inside sports so the elks tomorrow taking on quarterback nathan rourke this guy is just having a magnificent season he is second in passing yards. He trails Zach Kalaros. By the way, Kalaros has played three more games and has about a 300-yard lead on Rourke. Uh, touchdowns. Kalaros has the lead 17-16. Again, Rourke has three games in hand. How about this for completion percentage? Zach Kalaros, and if you've been listening to me over the years, you know I love Zach Kalaros. He has thrown. Uh, he has a 68.9% completion percentage. Rourke is at 79.3. The kid's completing four out of every five passes. And he's thrown a couple fewer interceptions than Kalaros as well. Again, he does have games in hand. And Rourke is also the ninth leading rusher in the Canadian Football League. And he was talking to Morley Scott earlier today. Does it feel as easy for you as it seems to look from everybody else looking from the outside in? No, no, not at all. Every Everything that we've been doing has, has had a lot of hard work behind it. Um, we've been playing some very good teams, and they haven't given us anything. We feel like we've earned everything, especially, especially that last win in Saskatchewan. That felt like uh, we really were, were scrawling, uh, you know, uh, trying to get every single yard we could on that field so um it you know in this league nothing's given to you yeah. mm-hmm. you i know it's last year the last game of the year last year you put up some great numbers first game of this year you put up some great numbers against edmonton mm-hmm. you've 
obviously you feel pretty comfortable playing them it seems yeah i well i think it's just uh we've you know we've had uh um we caught them at a good time last year obviously you know they were going through some stuff in terms of scheduling um this year you know with a new roster new head coach they're still figuring things out i think this year or this time around uh they've got a little bit more things uh going for them they could just coming off a bye they'll be fresh um looks like they're getting a lot of their top players back and so it's going to be a challenge for us. I don't expect this one to be easy at all. What have you noticed about their defense from week one to where they are the last few games? Well, personnel-wise, they're, they're a lot different. There's a lot of different guys in different spots. Um, there's new players on the roster. So that just uh, presents some challenges because we don't really know who's going to be out there uh, and exactly how long they're going to be there and if they're going to be moved around. I mean, that's difficult for an offense to figure out exactly who they are. And, and uh, we know that that's what they like to do, and, and that's that they'll use that to their strength the best they can. Ryan Burnham back. you got to be happy about that, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's good to have him in the locker room, like on the field. Uh, obviously, he does a really good job for us, and uh, we're excited to have him back on the field. And you guys... You've had some guys step up in his absence too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hatch has done a great job. I think D. Rhymes has stepped up big time, and, and Katoy's done a really good job as well. So hopefully, we can continue to spread the ball around to all five of our guys, and they can continue to make the as big of an impact as they have uh, so uh, up until this point. How much did that 59-15 win to open the season just get you guys off on the right foot? Did, did it feel like it kind of set the tone a little bit for things? Yeah, it certainly showed that we were capable of, of doing some really good things. I thought that was a, a complete win. Uh, I thought in all three phases, I thought we were really firing, and, and that's kind of been the goal, um, you know, that week and then week two against Toronto. That, that, that's kind of the goal to kind of get back to that. And Not in terms of the score, right. more of just the performance of it and just feeling like we're executing and uh, doing that kind of in, stuff. In that way, is this game maybe a bit of a measuring stick just to show how far you guys are? Have come along even since yeah I don't know I, I just think that uh, this is a, a maybe a measuring stick of, of where we are as a locker room mm-hmm. um, not getting being you know getting the right mentality of going hey we've beaten these guys before but that doesn't mean anything and going into this one this is a new a different team they're coming off a bye like I said they're, they're going to be fresh um, you know I don't think a team goes into uh, a game after they've just been beaten like we, we beat them the first time um, you know any less motivated, right? So I think they're going to be a motivated bunch, and uh, they're a talented team. There's no, about, no doubt about that. Well, the very talented Nathan Rourke, quarterback for the BC Lions, they're talking to Morley Scott and also Jerry Motterjong from Post Media. Morley's going to join us live after the 6.30 news. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers, perfect so far. We'll dive into that with Bob Irving next. All right, so here's the deal. Mike O'Shea took over as head coach of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers for the 2014 season. His first year, they finished last in the West Division. His second year, they only win five times out of 18 games, and they missed the playoffs. Since then, they have made the playoffs five consecutive seasons. They've won the last two Grey Cups, and after winning last night in Montreal, they are 9-0, and and they play six of their final nine regular season games at home. It has been quite an amazing turnaround. And to discuss the former and longtime play-by-play voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Bob Irving. Bob, great to have you on the show again, man. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, Reed, and I'm retired, but I'm still keeping a very close eye on the Blue Bombers and the CFL in general. So I haven't left it behind yet. <laughs> well, of, of course not. And thanks for quote-unquote working by coming on the show tonight. Uh, <laughs> no problem. Good. Okay. So I want to get, I'll just briefly tell you the story that, that I was told, and then you can clarify it. Okay. The, the, the recollection that I have is that you used to do a weekly show 
with Coach O'Shea, and I believe it was in the 2015 season, you had to say to the listeners, you can, you are welcome to call in, but you can't just call in and tell Mike O'Shea that you think he should be fired. Try to ask a football question. What, what, what actually happened and how, how much did Mike have to work through those first couple of years? Yeah, that's fairly accurate, Reed. Uh, as you pointed out, they were 7-11 and 11 and then 5-13 and 13 that second year. And then the third year, they started off 1-4. and four. And, you know, the Wolves were howling. Uh, they, wanted, they wanted somebody to pay a price for that because the Bombers had gone through some tough times before Wade Miller took over as the CEO and Kyle Walters as the GM. And the two of them hired Mike O'Shea to be the head coach. I remember that show in particular. Um, because some of the callers were, you know, it's one thing to ask a question or ask a tough question or say, why are you doing this and why don't you do that? But when it gets personal, that's where, as a host, I would draw the line. And so I basically said to the callers, I said, let's keep it civil. You know, Michael Shea's a human being, and you can be unhappy with the team and his coaching, and you can vent your anger in a, in a reasonable way, and we'll give you the airtime to do that. But if you cross the line, as I call it, then, you know, we're not going to put you on the air. So that was that show you referred to. Now, the good news is they go into, for the Bombers, they go into Edmonton at that point, and they switch from Drew Willie, who'd really been struggling, to Matt Nichols at quarterback. And they go on and win eight games in a row, starting with that game in Edmonton. They have a winning record that year, and as you pointed out, they make the playoffs and away they go. Now they've established something. But, boy, did Matt Nichols Reed ever play a huge role in that, a former Edmonton quarterback. Uh, you know, and his role in the turnaround of this franchise has not been forgotten by anybody. anybody. Zach Calaris is the hero right now. But Nichols played a, a huge role in that. I don't think Michael Shea was ever in danger of being fired. But there was a lot of pressure on the organization if they kept losing. Because the feeling within was that O'Shea was was a really good head coach and would eventually get his program to work, providing they were patient. And I give Walters and Wade Miller just a ton of credit for staying patient because, as you know, in pro sports, that's a very difficult thing to do. Yes, I, I, I do very, very well know that for sure. Uh, okay, so it was the 2016 season, and so and then it turned around with a win in Edmonton. So that's interesting. Yeah. So you know, speaking of O'Shea, and and look, I you have a greater recollection of the the league than I do. Like I was talking with a buddy earlier today, and I said, is he already like the 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 second greatest Canadian coach um, in in uh, in league history? If we if we count Wally Buono as uh, as the first one. Um, but what, what works for O'Shea? Why is he so successful? Like what makes him a good coach? And a lot of coaches can be good for two or three years, but then maybe the message gets lost after a while. He's, it seems like he's getting better if anything. Well, you know what he is? He's, I've described him this way to many people I've spoken to. He's a leader of men and he's a respected leader of men. And he doesn't play games with the players or anybody else. He's very straightforward. And, in, you know, in every way, he's a player's coach. You know, he's not a taskmaster. He demands certain things, uh, as all head coaches do, and you live up to those or you will find work elsewhere. But he doesn't do it in a way that is off-putting or intimidating or, you know, trying to make players feel guilty or anything like that. He's just a very straightforward, down-to-earth guy. And the players 
Reed, have enormous respect for him. I can't even put into words how I could describe just how highly regarded he is by all the players on the team. And then he surrounded himself with a bunch of great leaders. And he basically has turned the the clubhouse and the the team over to the players in the locker room, led by Adam Big Hill and Willie Jefferson and now Zach Kolaris, Brandon Alexander back at safety when he's healthy, Stanley Bryant on the offensive line, Pat Newfeld on the offensive line. They're sort of the core leaders in the team, and they set the tone. There is a sign in the Bomber locker room when you walk in, and it says, fit in or F off. I mean, that's the sign that's right there. And it's pretty, that's pretty basic, isn't it? You know, and so every player that comes in is, they read that sign, and then if they don't fit in, if they're, you know, I've watched some of the games and the undisciplined play by some of these teams and players taking these dumb, stupid penalties, oh, which are so damaging. I've seen that here, buddy. <laughs> well, yeah, it's so damaging. I mean, and this is one of the tones that Mike has set because his team is always among the least penalized in the league. And he says, look, we're going to play hard, tough, yeah, hit them as hard as you can football, but we're not going to put up with, you know, these extracurricular things after the play. You watch the Bombers play and – I was, before I came on with you, I'm watching Ottawa and Calgary. And uh, I think it was Calgary. Calgary took a penalty on a kick, on a punt return that set them back to their, like, five-yard line instead of being up at the 30 or 35. The Bombers virtually never take a penalty on a kick return. I mean, virtually never. And that makes a massive difference in terms of field position. It's one of the small things that probably goes unnoticed. But anyway, there's just certain areas of discipline where they're so good. And, of course, you know, beyond that, now they've got terrific players, too, and they've been able to surround themselves with great talent through free agency, and they've drafted well. They've made some really good trades. Hello, Zach Kolaris. <laughs> they've recruited well. And, uh, you know, I, the success they're having, Reed, is we're all blown away by it. You know, since Kolaris took over, I don't know if you've heard these numbers. You probably have. Kolaris took over as the starting quarterback in the last regular season game of 2019. Since then, the Bombers have gone 26 and three, 26 wins, three losses in regular season playoff and Grey Cup games, and two of the three losses were last year when they had first place clinch and didn't play all their starters. Jeez. Think about that: 26 and three, unbelievable. Yeah, that, it, it's been an amazing run. Uh, quickly, Bob, because as, as you know, we we got the news and weather coming up yeah. here. Uh, like, is it is it foolish to talk about an undefeated season? Is, can we have fun and talk about? I mean, they're halfway there, and they got six of their final nine at home. <laughs> yeah, I just think eighteen games is too many to ever expect that to happen, and I certainly don't. Although I have to say, I didn't think they'd win their first nine, uh, and they got most of the rest at home, so where they hardly ever lose. But no, I don't think uh, an undefeated season is a reality. Somewhere along the road, they're going to have to lose a game or more. Uh, the good news for the Bombers and their fans is they've got such a leg up now on a first place finish. You know, if they play average ball the rest of the way, they will finish first and host the West Final, and then you're that victory away from another appearance in the Grey Cup game. So that's the best news about this 9-0 and start. But I, I don't think undefeated is a possibility in this league. Bob, it is an honor to have you on the show, as always. I hope we chat again, and I hope retirement is treating you well. Thank you so much for popping on tonight. It's treating me great. My pleasure anytime, Reed. That is Bob Irving from...
well, formerly of CGOB in Winnipeg, longtime play-by-play voice for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and uh, he was doing the games when they were at the bottom just a couple of years into the Mike O'Shea tenure, and now look at them. They are on top by a mile in the Canadian Football League. The Elks trying to get back in the win column tomorrow against BC. Lots of lineup changes, lots of storylines. We'll dive into them with Morley Scott next.